Welcome to Conversations in the Coop. I'm your host, Trinity Director of Athletics, Drew Galbraith. In this episode, we talk to Andrew Troy of Trinity Men's Ice Hockey and dive into the circuitous route that many junior hockey players take to college. Take a listen. Welcome to Conversations in the Coop. I'm your host, Trinity Director of Athletics, Drew Galbraith. In today's episode, we talk to the captain of the Trinity men's ice hockey team, Andrew Troy. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to this conversation in the Coop. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Andrew, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your hockey path to Trinity because it is a little different than most other students uh, who don't play men's ice hockey as they uh, matriculate into college. Um, so you know, growing up in uh, in central New York in Ithaca, um, you know, in a family that uh, – clearly liked ice hockey where, where did that come from um i think the story as it stands is my my dad was living in um new york city and he's from long island uh the islanders won four in a row in 80 81 82 83 and he sort of fell in love with the sport and he moved to ithaca when my oldest brother was born and enrolled him put him in skates and sort of the rest is history from there and i'm still an islanders fan good or bad so well, it was a great run, those teams with uh, Mike Bossy and uh, Trottier and Dennis mm -hmm. Potvan. Billy Smith was the goalie. So uh, growing up, and there's also uh, growing up in Ithaca, Cornell men's ice yep. hockey is a, you know certainly a big attraction in mm -hmm. that community. Um, what are your earliest memories uh, on the ice? Um, I remembered I hated it in the beginning, but I think I sort of actually fell in love with it in line of rink, watching the Cornell guys play, and that's sort of a lot of motivation growing up. Um, Upstate New York's got a good sort of hockey culture. Syracuse, Rochester, and, and Ithaca now is sort of growing. So I think some of my fondest memories are definitely watching uh, Coach Schaefer's team play. And uh, they were really good a couple years ago, and then I think COVID sort of took that away from them. Mm -hmm. But that's always some of the best memories is watching them play. So as you were uh, kind of growing up in Ithaca um, and then made the transition to the Hill School outside mm -hmm. of Philadelphia for, for boarding school. Talk about that decision. Was that something that was kind of in your family that the, you and your brothers went to boarding school? Yeah, so my middle brother also went to Hill. He was playing um, in Binghamton at the time. It's like hour 10 from Ithaca um, and decided that the travel, playing junior hockey sort of an hour away, traveling up there four or five times a week was a little much. So he looked uh, at boarding schools and both of my uncles went to Hill. So it just sort of came up on the radar. And uh, when it came my turn to go, I guess, junior year, I was traveling, I was playing in Syracuse. Um, we'd make trips to Boston every weekend and it was just a lot of travel. So it sort of followed in those same footsteps. And I did uh, my junior and senior year there and uh, worked out, I think, pretty well. So as you were, um, you know, and most, most every high level college hockey player does play junior hockey but talk a little bit about that decision because mm -hmm. I'm sure that you had a lot of classmates at Hill who were going to Nescash going to Ivy mm -hmm. schools and particularly athletes are going to kind of dive right mm -hmm. in what, what's that what's that feel like when you're in high school knowing that to potentially achieve your athletic mm -hmm. goals you might have to wait a few years yeah it was I mean it's it sort of comes with the territory I guess I I think I was one of two in my graduating class that even tried to play juniors and the other one I think lasted like two or three weeks um, and then ended up going to school. So I was, I knew I was sort of going to be in it for the long haul a year or two, ended up playing three. Um, but I sort of knew talking to like some of the other NESCACs coming out of school knew that it was probably the right thing to do to 
to get some more options. So I'm glad I did it. Um, I think it was one of the cooler experiences I've had. And well, we'll we'll, we'll talk. We'll dive yeah. into that because uh, your 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 triptych and travel log is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're speaking with Andrew Troy, the captain of Trinity Men's Ice Hockey. First year of junior hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in Drayton Valley, yep. uh, which is in Alberta, mm-hmm. outside of Edmonton. Yep. How big is that town? Uh, I want to say it's got like 2,000 people. It's like Trinity size. Um, with a lot of people coming in and out, it's like in the middle of an oil field, and everyone either owns a, a big oil truck or has something to do with sort of that business. So small town, not a ton to do. There's like a bowling alley and a gas station, um, and obviously the How many stop the lights? Like two or three. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the good thing about those small junior towns is there's not a ton to do, so people will come watch you play and sort of support you, and they think you're uh, maybe a little bit more famous than you are. Uh, but it's cool to have that support. In that first year, how, how long were those road trips? Because it's, it's pretty desolate in Alberta in the yeah. middle of winter. Uh, the ones way up north were probably eight, seven and a half, eight, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're not looking at much on the way. Uh, going into northern Alberta, like Fort McMurray area. Um, But there are some cool, like the trips down to Calgary are a little bit shorter, and you go Mm -hmm. through sort of the the mountain ranges of of the the Canadian Rockies. So stuff like that's cool. But definitely a different experience. Upstate New York's like Ithaca is pretty centrally isolated, I'd say. You have to drive like 45 minutes or an hour to get to any any highway. But up there is a whole different story. (laughs) Um, And then year two, uh, back in the States in Mm -hmm. Duluth, um, so Duluth, obviously, uh, kind of a midsize, uh, you know, large town, small city. Mm-hmm. You've got the University of Minnesota Duluth there with great hockey teams. So talk about year two of juniors and maybe compare and contrast that experience. Yeah. So I actually think Duluth reminded me a lot of Ithaca. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's sort of a small college town. Um, and they like, they really care about hockey up there. They, the, the high school tournament, there's a lot of buzz around that. I lived in Cloquet and they had a a decent team, Duluth East, decent team. Um, so I got to take that in. I, and then the college scene, uh, the college hockey scene is obviously really good. And uh, I would actually say that those road trips were some of the longer ones too because you're traveling um, like all the way into the Dakotas. And again, you're not USHL looking at much. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're – it's all sort of a similar vibe, but Duluth was obviously a lot bigger. They had like a mall that you could go and, <laughs> and like go to a real grocery store and that sort of thing. But um, another another cool experience, I'd say. So, so uh, maybe weave in a little bit your recruitment process because that's starting, and mm-hmm. you probably have teammates who are committed someplace mm-hmm. or have been committed someplace and know that they're going to play two or three or four mm-hmm. years of junior, age out of twenty one, then go to college. So, talk a little bit about how your recruitment and where, where that picked mm-hmm. up during your junior journey. Um, so, during year two, it was still a little bit uncertain. I would say I think always. Going into it, I was like, oh, I'll play two max. But when you're in there and you've already done two, you might as well do a third. So that's <laughs> sort of where I um, made that decision or realized in year two. And we'll, we'll get to the, the third year. But it was during that third year, early in the year, that uh, Coach Greason sort of reached out. And that relationship was sort of building. So obviously glad I did it. Um, but year two is it's like it's fun and you're, you got a great group of guys and you're playing good hockey. But it can be frustrating at times and you're not getting sort of the – the bites that you want yeah so so what kind of precipitated the move out to vancouver island in british columbia for your third year of juniors um i would i'm trying to think how it happened exactly but i'd say in terms of junior the the bchl um is probably is the best one in canada Mm -hmm. um i had known my first year actually i tried out with a team 
the BCHL and was released. That's how I ended up in Alberta. So I was sort of familiar with the league and sort of wanted to play there. Um, and Cowichan came across the board. Their coach, Mike Vandekamp, um, offered me a spot. So I took it, and I was no stranger to sort of leaving home and trying out new spaces. And uh, Vancouver Island, I would say, was one of the cooler sort of environments yeah. I'd been in. So I'm, I'm also glad I did that. And I got to play with uh, Paul Selleck for about half a year. So it all comes back to, to Trinity. And, and well, where, where else would someone from Ithaca meet someone from Los Angeles? Yeah, right, right, but, but in right. Vancouver Island, British <laughs> Columbia. So that junior experience, uh, I, I think for people who are unfamiliar with junior hockey in the U.S. and Canada, um, oftentimes you're living with billet families, and so it's families in that community who offer to take in uh, individuals for the year. Mm-hmm. You were a younger sibling. Now you're we're living with a family where oftentimes mm-hmm. you end up being the older brother. What was that like? Yeah, it was interesting. So it's it's similar to like a host family, and I had three great ones, and actually in all of them I ended up being uh, sort of the older brother. Um, so it's a little bit different. It's fun to, you know, instead of looking up to my two brothers sort of being looked up to and um, – I guess I I sort of grew an appreciation for my brothers Will and Chris having to deal with me because I was in the <laughs> the shoe was on the other foot, but um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, that's one of the sort of the intangible things that I don't think people think about when they think about junior hockey is sort of having to manage different family environments and you know being sort of a, a an adult you know in a, in a kid's space um, and sort of being the best version of yourself for them. Uh, I think is is something that I I definitely took away from it. So, so the recruitment starts, um, you know, now, you know, that last year, you're definitely, definitely headed to college the, mm-hmm. the last year. What was it in that process that really stuck out about Trinity uh, comparative to any of the other schools mm-hmm. you're talking to? Um, I think the record speaks for itself. Um, and the school and my brother was looking at colleges too, not for hockey, but just looking at NESCACs like Trinity was on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, like my parents knew about it. It was sort of a familiar school, great school for sort of after post-grad opportunities. And they obviously had a great program. Um, and I visited, I want to say in the spring after that third year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a couple of friends from high school, my age, but, you know, juniors and seniors at that sure. point. Visited them, had a, had a good time, good experience. So sort of all fell into place. Um, and they had like my major and you know it's in a, a bigger city and um so it all sort of checked all the boxes i'd say so um you know, you, you've now had this experience and you know one of the unique things about all, almost every member of our men's hockey team is most of you come in 20 or 21 years old mm-hmm. most of you have lived away from home um not just at you know at a, potentially at a boarding school um but actually living on your own in many instances right. and having to kind of feed yourself at, at, for stretches of time, mm-hmm. whether or not you're living with a billet family. Well, what's that like coming in as a, as a freshman? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, you know, the college on one hand is treating you as a first-year college student right. um, and has expectations on you, but in many ways you're an adult. So mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think one thing I noticed is I I'd sort of felt a little obviously more prepared, but I sort of knew how to navigate um, – sort of the new things that you're dealing with, whether it be like finding your way to the library or your class or doing your laundry, things like that, sort of the little things. Um, it's also my, you know, you have 28 to 30 guys, like you said, who, who came in older and that's sort of in the same situation. So it doesn't feel like you're sort of a, uh, an outcast or sort of in a different situation than the other students. But 
I would say all the the different things were all positive, whether it be, you know, I sort of knew what I wanted to study. I knew sort of where I wanted to take it. Um, I knew how to take care of myself. I knew how to sort of be smart um, inside, outside of the classroom, that sort of thing. Um, so it was good. I, I don't think I, people, people might ask like, oh, you're 21, but it's sort of a, it happens one time and then right. it sort of goes away. Well, I thought just uh, just a few weeks ago, Georgia wins the national championship for football, and people are making a big deal about yeah. sports betting. Yeah. Twenty five years old, and, oh, he's a, he's playing against kids, and I thought this is college hockey, yeah, yeah, which is right. primarily you know twenty through twenty five right. year olds playing against each other, right. and it's, it kind of evens out. Um, you, you've had an opportunity, uh, you know, your your cohort of students, um, you know, lived through the the kind of the wrong side of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was happening. And you'll have to refresh me on years, but was that your first year where we played the NASCAC championship and then kind of went home a week yes, later? Yes. Yeah. You know, so that was your your first year at Trinity. Uh, we played in the NASCAC final, uh, and then ultimately the NCAA championship got canceled. Um, miss a season uh, mm-hmm. where it's just kind of practice, and uh, you know some folks were here, some weren't. And then coming back last year, talk about that. You know, what sort of catharsis there were was last year. Mm-hmm playing the full season, everybody back, a few ups and downs with, you know, some, some injuries and some COVID sickness, but then ultimately being able to have it all right. come together in Colby last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I give a lot of credit to sort of the guys in our room for dealing with it. I mean, every college athlete who had to deal with it uh, and student because it's it was that sophomore – my sophomore year where we didn't have a season was um, frustrating, I would say, to say the least. Um, you're practicing a ton. We played two games. Mm-hmm. And you're just itching to get back out for regular season. So I think um, in a lot of ways that last year we were motivated by that. It's like you, you didn't know that, you know, you could have a whole season taken away. So you might as well go out and prepare the right way and, and do something special. And I, I think we definitely did that. And I think we're sort of starting to, to click in that in that direction here this year as well. So Yeah, so coming back, you, you're in a program for the last six seasons, winners of a NESCAC championship. Um, what responsibility do you feel as a, as a leader in a program like that where you know that the standard is right up here? You know, there's really anything less than a championship, mm-hmm. and there's it feels a little bit like it's a disappointment. So how do you approach that as a leader in a group yeah, like that? Yeah, I think our group's special in the, in the sense that sort of leader or not, I think we all feel the same responsibility and, and pressure. It's just some guys wear a letter and some don't. Um, but I think from, you know, in every stall in our room, guys have the ability to contribute and – and make a difference. It's, you know, one thing that we make very clear from the jump is whether you're a first year or senior, you're on the team. And it's regardless of sort of rank or where you are in the lineup, you can contribute the way that you you have to and you need to. Um, so I think we do a good job. Like our, our leadership group, I think we're we're chosen to be leaders just, you know, out of the way that they acted and the way that they do things. And I don't think there's anything that sort of changed in that regard. So. Um, I think it was really a toss-up who could have gotten, you know, a leadership position. I think we all are capable of doing that. We'll talk a little bit about this season uh, and kind of went through some of those growing pains in the first part of the season, come back after break. And those, um, you know, I know from coach, those first few weeks were kind of hard on the, mm-hmm. the coaching staff, on the team as the lineups are changing. You had some some guys were sick, some guys were injured, and now the group's started to come mm-hmm. together and had some success on the road. And then last weekend at home, um, what do you attribute that to? You, you talked a second ago about kind of every every person sitting in a stall has a purpose on the right. team. When you go through that and the guys who haven't been getting a lot of time on the mm-hmm. ice get to play, how does that kind of bring it all together? Yeah, I mean, you think about even the, you know, we had G out for a little bit. 
Um, Campo in the Williams game was down for about half the game. Um, and guys just step up. I mean, it's, I think you sort of, whether you like it or not, have to go through a little bit of adversity and like sort of a shock to get to where you want to be. I mean, last year too, I think we had sort of a, a lackadaisical start. Um, it's not like the perfect way to do it. You'd obviously rather win every game from the jump, but, um, there's an aspect of it that I think brings you closer and motivates you in a way that can, that can be really positive and, um, fingers crossed that keeps going here, but. I think that's you sort of just got to get through the thick of it sometimes. And whether it be sickness or injury, uh, like it was the last couple of weeks, I think we're, we're starting to go in the right direction. And uh, you know, the, the future ahead, la- talk a little bit about your internship last summer and how mm-hmm. that might turn into uh, something uh, after graduation. Yeah, so I worked for Uber in San Francisco um, on one of their finance teams. Uh, it's a rotational program. They do like a university program. Um, I sort of was introduced to it actually by um, Kevin O'Leary. His sister works there, so mm-hmm. shout out Kevin and, and Colleen. Um, and I really liked it. I thought I had – it's a cool experience working for, like, a large company, especially in, in San Francisco where it's sort of the, the hub of, of tech and, like, Silicon Valley and sort of innovation and, and that sort of thing. So it was a really cool experience. Um, and it's a rotational program, so I, I got a return offer and um, over the – knock on wood over the next two years I'll be on four different teams across the business so it's a little bit less of a like transactional finance role that you have at like a bank or like a corporate development it's more of an operational role to sort of see how a company like that can operate and um, one thing that really excites me is the scale of Uber like they have a a lot of ways that you can learn and sort of grow your tool set Um, and then who knows what happens after that whether it be going somewhere smaller or doing something different but um, I think it'll be a really cool opportunity, and they allowed me to, to move and work out of New York, so that's another okay. huge positive. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's always it's always fun to hear Trinity students making those connections, and then ultimately uh, where it takes you. So, um, you know, just just in in wrapping up today, um, you know, the team has goals, uh, you know, competitive goals, and and we think we we generally know what those are. But you know, what do you want? Um, kind of looking back on your leadership legacy of this year. And um, you, you said it so well just a second ago. You know, some guys wear the C, some guys don't. You all play a role in leadership. But um, whether, you know, whether it's counting the C on your chest or not, what do you want your leadership legacy to be with uh, Trinity Men's Hockey? Uh, I hope it's just two NASCAR championships in a row, and that's, that'll, that'll keep me happy. Um, not super concerned about my own legacy but looking back and like it's always special when we're warming up up top in the rink and like you see all the nest the pictures of all the guys and you know you can think about how it felt when you threw your gloves up and got to sort of celebrate a a championship um which is something that not a lot of college athletes actually get the chance to do so it's it's definitely a privilege and hope we can turn one into two here outstanding andrew troy captain of trinity men's ice hockey thank you for joining us on this conversation with coop thanks for having me That'll do it for this conversation in the Coop. Thanks to Andrew for his time, and we wish the men's hockey team best of luck for the rest of the season. For the latest Trinity Athletics news, scores, and schedules, go to bantamsports.com and follow us on social media at Bantam Sports. Until next time.